This is Robert Wilson, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, well, first things first, a massive congratulations to Fulham legend Alexander Mitrovic for breaking the record for championship goals in a single season against Peterborough on Wednesday evening. His first half penalty, which he earned himself, took him up to 32 for the season and in true Mitro style, he buried his 33rd in the second half to see off Peterborough, put the Whites nine points clear at the top of the league. Sergeant Wigo are here to relive a historic evening. Alexander the Greatest, my name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, coming to you first, Wigo, because uh, before we talk about the football, you want to uh, you want to ask the good people for some money, don't you? Hey, yes. So um, coming up in a couple of weeks, from uh, my dad, who's a season ticket holder, has been uh, for many years, is undergoing a stem cell transplant, and um, I'm going to be giving my stem cells. So I've decided to uh, shave my head. Um, not only to support him, but to uh, raise some money for Anthony Nolan, um, help support people with blood cancer. And uh, you can also register on Anthony Nolan's website. So it's anthonynolan.org. Um, you can register to become a stem cell donor. Um, the link to the Just Giving page is in my bio on Twitter. My Twitter is at underscore Matt Wiggins. And yeah, even if you can't donate, it would be great if you could read and share and spread the word because stem cell transplants aren't spoken about enough. So, yeah, thanks very much. Very nice too, mate. Good luck with the operation. Let's uh, let's talk about Operation Fulham Football Club now, though. And it wasn't the most scintillating evening of football at Craven Cottage, was it? But an important three points all the same. Sarge, your post-match thoughts, please, mate. It was one of those where the performance, I think, was actually pretty decent. We, we were in control of it, weren't we, from, from start to finish? And I actually saw somewhere that it was our highest, I don't put a lot of stock in expected goals, but it was our highest XG since Reading, the 7-0 at Reading. So we certainly created enough. It could easily have been another one of those games where we just absolutely ran away with it. The only difference was, is unlike us this season, we weren't as clinical in those moments as we have been. Um, their keeper kept them in it for a long, a lot of it. And our finishing probably wasn't up to scratch as well. There were There were a few that, I was saying to Wigo earlier, like that some of the saves he was pulling off, they they look great for the cameras, but if some of them go in, you're probably asking questions. There was one that Cavalero pulled off where he curled one from the edge of the box that he likes to do from the corner. And uh, it looked like it might dip in, but it was also right in the middle of the goal. So the keeper pulls off a nice save, jumps up in the air, makes it look a bit closer than it is. But overall, I thought I thought we were very much in control of the game. It was a good good game for us to come back to having had the disappointment against Huddersfield it was a very winnable game not a particularly strong opponent and we did what we needed to do up until pretty much the last two minutes or so we were well in control of it yeah I mean it was a perfect way to bounce back with three points okay it wasn't vintage I thought the first half was pretty boring actually really uh you know other than Mitro breaking the goal scoring record in the first half there wasn't really a lot that happened um, second half, things started to liven up a bit and we started to create a lot more chances. Um, but that's just being picky. The three points is the most important thing. And as we're coming into the business end of the season, 
I don't really care how we play or how many goals we win by as long as we win. And that's what we did. And, you know, our goal difference is so far superior that we don't really need to worry about that anymore. It's just about picking up the three points and getting closer and closer to promotion. Yeah, the, the highlight of the first half, aside from uh, from Mitro's goal for me, was I popped down for uh, to use the little boy's room just before he scored. And um, <clears throat> I heard that there was a penalty from the from the cheer from the Hammersmith end. So I ended up running up and I, I normally sit in age four. Well, I do. I always sit in age four. It's where my season ticket is. I don't normally sit there. Um, but I ran back up the stairs straight into age six just because it was the, the nearest place. So I, I saw him score. And then I ran back down and I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm a bit hungry. I'm going to get a hot dog. So um, so I got this hot dog, which they piled up with onions, put a bit of ketchup on top. And as I said into, into our chat today, I had these blue suede shoes on. Um, and of course, the bloody onions from the top of the hot dog just fell and landed straight on top of my foot. Um, and kudos to Matt Dom for his line, was it a hound dog? <laughs> which, I, which I really enjoyed. And I sent that into my work team chat today and it got nothing. Which I thought was harsh. So I was, uh, I, I, I loved, I loved Matt Dom's little one-liner there. But yeah, not, not impressed with that. But yeah, it was, a, it was one of those games, wasn't it, where it could have gone either way. It could, it could have been an absolute pasting, or uh, it could have just been a bit of a dull game. And aside from the fact that Metro got the record, it was the latter, wasn't it? It was, it was a bit of a dull game. But we've been thoroughly entertained so many times this season that who cares? Three points is three points, and and we moved nine points clear. So that would do. But there was no Tom Kearney in the squad. Um, Jean-Michel Serry came back in, and as predicted, Harrison Reed was back in the starting eleven in place of Nathaniel Chalaber too. Harry Wilson started on the bench as Cabano and Bobby Reed were the preferred starters up top alongside Mitro. Were, were there any real surprises in there for you, lads? I, I wasn't surprised to see Serry in. Once we sort of, I think the, the club tweeted, didn't they, when they announced the lineup that Kearney was out through illness. So. If if Kenny's not in, then Seri's going to be in. We need that sort of creative spark in there. Uh, Re- I think Reed was was pretty much, as you said, predicted to come back into the team. Chalaba didn't have the greatest of games against Huddersfield. I, I think he's been a little bit hard done by um, by some of the fan base. I, I think he was playing well up to that point. He he doesn't do the the same sort of energetic lung busting runs that Harrison Reed does to cover ground, but he does provide an element of control and he has been very solid. Um, he's definitely a good option to have, but I, I do think that Harrison Reed offers that a little bit more. So I wasn't surprised to see him come back in. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Wilson didn't start in the sense that he is, he is one of Marco Silva's main men, isn't he? He's, he doesn't really miss games if he's available, but having said that, I think freshening him up is probably a good thing. Cabano came back in and he looked fresh and he looked lively. And hopefully Wilson, you know, not playing the full 90 minutes, that will have the same impact on him. And I'd expect he'll start at the weekend against Cardiff and hopefully having done 30-odd minutes as opposed to 90 is going to freshen him up and he'll be back to the sort of the level that we're more used to seeing from him than we have in the last two or three games where he's been a little bit off it. I think Wilson needed it. I think he needed a bit of a kick up the arse really because... He wasn't great against Huddersfield. I mean, granted, no one was brilliant, but that was definitely one of his worst games. And he wasn't great at Hull either. So I think it was the right decision, really, for Silva to, uh, you know, sit him on the bench. All right, rest him as well, maybe. But if his place is in jeopardy, it might give him a bit of a, yeah, as I say, kick up the arse, um, try and build his confidence back up a bit. And then hopefully we'll see him back to his best on Saturday because, you know, we talk about a manager of the month curse, but... I'm a little bit worried about a player of the month curse 
uh, going on because he's not been great since he picked up that award. Um, but we all know how good he can be. So, I, you know, when he comes back in, I'm sure, you know, he can perform as well as we know he can. He'll be on it for the Cardiff game as well. I think he'll really want to start that game. His, his old club, isn't it? He'll, he'll want to go down there and make a point for sure. This was all very one-way traffic, particularly in the first half, uh, wasn't it? Mitro put a header wide from a Cabano cross. Harrison Reed had a good chance to open the scoring with a close-range effort, but he's still yet to score for Fulham. Um, Stephen Bender made a good save there, but all the headlines will sit with the record-breaking Alexander Mitrovic, won't they? Whose 28th-minute penalty was superbly dispatched to make him the highest championship goalscorer in a single season of all time. Um, I've watched that penalty uh, a few times and it was emphatically dispatched, wasn't it? It was a great penalty, but was the awarding of the penalty a little bit soft or stonewall for you? What, what would you say? I'd say it was a definite penalty, to be honest. Might have rose-tinted glasses on there, but uh, from all the angles, it did look like a penalty. His leg has come up. Uh, he's not really got anywhere near the ball. Mitrovic has gone down a bit lightly and you can kind of tell by the reaction of the Peterborough fans behind the goal what they thought of it um obviously Fulham fans were pretty ecstatic to see it given but on the grand scheme of things I would say it was a penalty the contact was made he's got nowhere near the ball it's a kick to the midriff and um yeah I think the referee got that one right yeah it's clumsy from the defender isn't it he's he's given the referee a decision to make and he's given Mitrovic the opportunity to go down it's it's one of those if if you do that as a defender if you hang your leg out there it's, it's a lazy challenge he knows he's not getting there you're you're just asking for trouble on Mitrovic though, and I, I don't want to I don't want to overblow the whole situation in terms of like how good he is. He is he is phenomenal, and he has been for us. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he's as good as Harry Kane, but his whole game has gone up a level this season. The things that he is doing consistently are the exact same things that last weekend every Sky and Match the Day pundit was absolutely waxing lyrical about Harry Kane. When Harry Kane drops into those midfield spaces and then turns the ball around the corner for Son and whoever else is playing on the other side, everyone goes mental. Mitrovic has been doing that for the last five, six months. He's He's been absolutely unbelievable and his whole game has just stepped up. He's doing things that we, as Fulham fans, as much as we love it, we didn't know that he had in the locker. And it's not just the goals. That keep We keep coming back to the goals and he's breaking the records and it's unbelievable. But his whole game has just gone up a whole level for me. I think uh, you'll, you'd be hard pushed to find anybody to, to disagree with that, to be honest. He's, he's had an absolutely unbelievable season, hasn't he? And as have a lot of them, actually. But when it comes to dishing out player of the season awards, then had Mitrovic not had the season that he'd had, then, you know, you might have been looking at Harry Wilson or you might have been looking at Cabano or Seri or, or whatever. But as things stand, there's, there's only one place it's going, isn't there? And, and rightly so, too. Um, second half, then, there was some early Peterborough pressure. Not much in the way of chances, but Fulham sat back a little bit, soaked it up and I don't know, I, I was never really concerned at any point that they were going to get back into the game. It was just a matter of time before we, we just said, right, should we uh, should we stop letting them have the ball now and just, just go back on the on the attack again? Were, were you lads concerned at any point? Yeah, a little bit. I'll be honest. It's football, isn't it? Anything can happen. Um, only takes one chance. Um yeah, listen, they played some decent stuff and fair play to them. I think the position where they are in the table now doesn't justify the two performances I've seen from them against us this season. 
I know when we went up there in November, it was a really tough game and we sort of had to slog it out for a 1-0. And it was really satisfying to leave there with three points because we weren't at our best. They played quite well and we still managed to come away with a victory. Um, so we know they can be tough and they put on a good game again yesterday. I think their fans have got to be uh, are pretty happy with the performance. I don't think you can go to top of the league and expect too much when you're in that position, especially as your manager's just left as well. Um, but yeah, they played really well, had some good chances, played some good stuff. But, you know, as I say, anything can happen. They could have easily got back into it. Takes one shot. You know, they had a free kick that nearly went in. Um, yeah, but overall, they just didn't find that chance to uh, get an equaliser. I I didn't feel that concerned. I, I always felt like we had a fair, fair level of control of the game and kept him at arm's length pretty much. Um, I do think Seri gives us that a bit more in the sense that we, we probably don't have as much in the final third. Tom Kearney probably gives us more in the final third than Seri does. And I think that's been shown because the games where Tom Kearney's played are the games generally where we've scored six and seven goals. But I do think Seri gives us that bit more control over a game and the ability to kind of just hold other teams away a little bit. His starting position is deeper. When you've got Harrison reading next to him, his starting position is is relatively deep anyway even when he's sort of doing more of the shuttling work. Um, he just provides a bit more of a screen in front of the back four. And it just, even when other teams start to get a bit of possession and maybe start to build up a little bit of momentum, they've got an extra an extra body they've got to get through before they can really even make a chance on goal. And Peter didn't really create anything until they scored. No. Um, they, they put a bit of pressure on, but I never felt like they were going to score. We, we just felt like we had the control of the game. And at any point, as we've seen with this Fulham team, we can step it up. We can go through the gears, get the ball at the other end, and immediately, like we're going to score two or three more goals. And that's exactly what happened, to be honest, wasn't it? Apart from the fact that we didn't actually score those goals, we got into the positions to do so. And on another day, we might have gone on to notch up another cricket score, were it not for Stephen Bender, who made some very good saves. Uh, yeah, as as you said earlier, Sarge saves you probably expect him to make but um Harrison Reed should definitely have scored after a fantastic run from Nico Williams though it's it's just no, it's, it's never going to happen for Harrison Reed is it it's, it's frustrating I'd love to see him score um but Nico Williams settled in very nicely hasn't he and that, that run that he made to set him up was was fantastic and he's another one of those players who's he's almost a flair player isn't he which is unusual for for a fullback but to be able to go past players in the way that, that he can is is just entertaining to watch, isn't it? He is the modern day fullback, isn't he? He's the the attacking, you know, forward thinking fullback. It's it's a bit. I've been really impressed with him. I, I hadn't seen a lot of him before he joined, but at the same time, you don't play for the the Liverpool team that is currently you know in existence without being a very good footballer. Um, he's played a fair few games for them and. Although he's not, you know, he's obviously down the pecking order when they've got players like Alexander Arnold. But the fact that you know Klopp has trusted him to be his deputy at times, he's clearly, clearly got a lot of a lot of talent and a lot about him. He's definitely, as much as we all love Dodoy, he's definitely provided an upgrade in the sense of we've now got two fullbacks that you know that play down the right side that are better than than what we had before. Um, I think he, he he offers more going forward than Tete does, and we haven't. We haven't really been tested defensively, I don't think, in the games we've played since he's come in. So it'll be interesting to see what he's like, you know, against a, a slightly slightly stronger opposition team that maybe show a little bit more ambition in the way they go forward than what we've come up against. 
because that is what Tete is really good at, isn't it? His, his one-on-one defending is probably his strongest attribute. Um, but he definitely offers more going forward, and he's you know he's already he's racked up a few assists. Um, he's doing he's doing a lot, you know, in the final third, and I think it's 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 been exciting to watch. It's been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as much as uh, I hate to say it, because I'm a big fan of your doppelganger, Dennis Adoy, but it's it's a massive upgrade, isn't it, on Dennis? Yeah, hundred percent. I've even got new glasses to try and uh, to try and copy <laughs> Dennis's style. Actually, I'll be wearing those next time at the cottage. Superb! I can't wait. Can't wait. Um, just after the hour mark, we got our second goal, and it was it was a really good goal, wasn't it? Magnificent work from Fabio, who performed a Cruyff turn on the halfway line, and then released Niskins Cabane with a with a lovely ball down the left. Great ball in, and then uh, Mitro, right place, right time, buried it. Maybe the keeper should have saved it but he got a good strong hand on it and just pushed it into the goal. But who cares? It's great football, fluid football. Um, Carvalho, some fantastic feet. We know how good he is. We know how good he can be when he's at the top of his game. And that was one of those moments. Um, Unfortunately, we are, you know, big enough and ugly enough to know that we're not going to have too many more of those moments of him in a Fulham shirt. I don't think, certainly not as a permanent Fulham player. Um, so we've got to enjoy it while it lasts. I'd love it if he stayed because you have moments like that and you know how good he can be and you just know that actually if he did stay, he would start every week next season. He's that good. He will slot straight in to our team in the Premier League. Um, but fantastic work from him. And then Cabano with his brilliant pace. He's been fantastic all season and to pick out Mitro with a fantastic cross. And, you know, we know what the big man up front can do. It's another tidy finish. Um, yeah, the keeper probably should do better, but that one wasn't straight at him. He did get a little touch to it, though. But um, a great finish and, you know, 33 goals. I mean, ridiculous. Absolutely insane. Fair play to him. He just, you know, after last season to have his confidence at an all-time low, to come back and deliver a goal-scoring season like this is just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, right after the second goal, even Caviero and Harry Wilson replaced Harrison Reed and Niskan Scabano, and Cav almost instantly set up a goal, but his cross-come shot just eluded Mitra at the back post. But from this point, it was all about the Peaceborough keeper who made a series of saves, the best of which was the tip over from Fabio Carvalho. Our 25 shots with 11 on target tells you more about the story of the game than the actual score, really, Sarge, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that that second half was it, it was I thought the second half like I said I think it was a really good performance second half. Every time we went forward we threatened. You know, Wilson came on, should have got a goal really. Um those passes that Seri puts over the over the back line when they're camped on the 18-yard box. I don't know if if it's easy to understand and fathom just how difficult it is to weight those passes. And he did it twice, didn't he? He did it one for Mitrovic and one for Wilson. It's it is unbelievable what you he, what he's able to do. And when you've got those runners, and I think that was what Cavalera and Wilson brought because they it freshened us up a little bit again in wide areas. They like to run in behind, they've got pace about them. When you've got those runners and you've got Seri just pinging balls into those spaces for them to run onto, you you've really got to worry for opposition defences because it's like he's playing a computer game. It you could be watching someone play FIFA and they're just pressing L1 and triangle, just dinking it over the top every single time. And I remember he did it against Brighton in the Premier League and he set up Schurler. It was really early on at the Amex and just thinking, what a player. And unfortunately, 
he didn't live up to that in that season, the Premier League. But since he's been back this season, he's been unreal. And I think there is a little bit of a little bit of guilt in some of the fan base that he's been a bit out of sight, out of mind. We went for a bit of a patch before we went to AFCON, didn't we? Where our team wasn't quite performing. We dropped off a little bit and he was involved in that. Um, and then we rediscovered that form while he was away. Uh, and I think that's led to a few people sort of suggesting that, you know, maybe maybe the TC Reed combination is is the way forward. I think Reed gets the best out of Seri, but Seri doesn't get the best out of Reed. And that might be part of the problem. But when he's on form like that and you've got players around him that are making those runs, like the Wilsons, like the Cavaleros coming off the bench against tired defenders, you're gonna you're gonna cause all sorts of problems. And that second half was the perfect it was the epitome of that situation. I think yeah, the uh, those two through balls were great. I, I think Mitro should probably have scored, and I, I just expected him to score. He's taken a touch, and then the keeper's made a good save down to his left, and then the second one with Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson's just taken it first time on the volley and put it straight at him. But it was from that chance, wasn't it, where we should have been three nil up. That it's two one. They just completely hit us on the on the counter attack. Um, it was a tad fortunate that they scored it. Maybe there was a foul on Tosin in the lead up to the goal, but a pretty decent finish, Wigo, wasn't it? Not not an overly deserved goal, but fair play to him. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, a few years ago when we played Leeds. I don't know if you remember, we were 1-0 up and Ekuban missed uh, Bettinelli with a good save and we went up the other end and made it 2-0. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit like that. It was a great finish from Jack Marriott, to be fair to him. I looked at it and, you know, you can't blame the goalkeeper. It's right in the top corner. Uh, we just got counter-attacked. It's as simple as that. It does make it more tense than it should have been, though. That game should have been out of sight. You've been saying it should have been a cricket score. I looked at it and I thought, how the hell are we going into the 90th minute only 2-1 up? You, yeah. Whoever you're playing, it does get nervous because with four minutes to go of added time, they're bang up for it. All of you know, you get a new lease of life, a new lease of energy, and they're all over the place. Um, so you know, it's not great from us to be, only be two one up, but we managed to see the game out, and I, you know, that's the most important thing. We did three points is three points, and that's the most important thing. So, who are you guys giving your man of the match to for this one? Probably no surprises. I, I'm I'm going for Seri. I I loved watching him play last night it was it was really really enjoyable to watch a midfielder like that I think Carvalho was was very close and obviously Mitrovic with the record but yeah Seri for me was he was the one that that ran the game he dictated play he set the tempo he set the tone for for what we were able to do especially in that second half yeah mine has got to be record breaker history maker Mitro a brilliant performance from him um you know even if he hadn't of broken the record or scored to broken the record it was still a great performance either way um so yeah i'm going to go with him yeah fair enough and there's a few candidates actually given that the match wasn't the most exciting there are a few candidates you know you could you could make an argument for as you say fabio mitro seri or maybe even williams um but I thought robinson yeah, I... had a good game as well robinson was actually brilliant um which don't I say that again too much i don't say that too often but uh, he was he was fantastic as well, actually. He, you know, some really good defending um, from him. So, you know, fair he's play. definitely in with a shout. Fair play, fair play. Um, I, I think I'd give it to Mitro as well, just because just because he got the record and 
he's just amazing, isn't he? He's an in- incredible guy, incredible player, and um, just thoroughly love watching him play football at the moment. So yeah, um, and you know, it's, it's nice to have the confidence, isn't it, that when the ball goes into the box, you know that you've got the best player in the division waiting to stick the ball in the net. It doesn't always go in, but Christ, 31 goals in what, 33 games? No, sorry, 33 goals in 31 games now. Um, 32 games, is it now? 30, I've lost. I think he's only played 30, 30 games. Yeah, he's played 30. 33 and 30. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Incredible, incredible. Well, I was looking at our remaining games this season and I, I didn't realise that 14 games, that, that out of our 14 games that are left, sorry, nine of them are away from home and only five are at home. Our away form's been superb all season, of course. We've got nine wins, three draws and just those two defeats against Blackpool and Coventry. But do you see this as having any impact on our run-in whatsoever? In the most arrogant way possible, no. <laughs> um, I just think we're so strong. I'd like... No one wants to play us. Um, we've 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 also we've also got that cushion now. We, we we're not going into games with much pressure on us. I don't think everything's just kind of marching forward. There's not that tension. We can afford, like you know, we drop points at the weekend against Huddersfield. That's going to happen. It'll probably happen again. Well, uh, it will happen again between now and the end of the season. But I don't think that there's there ever needs to be certainly at this point any panic. The teams around us are the ones that are under pressure because they're they're doing the chasing. The playoffs are tight and congested. There's teams, you know, three, four places outside of the playoffs that will be thinking we can make it. They're going to be going for it. Those teams in fifth and sixth will be looking over their shoulder with a bit of panic. Even the teams in third and fourth will be thinking, well, you know, we'd, we'd rather have the home tie second in the playoffs. So we'd, we want to stay as high up the table as possible. And they might even start looking at Bournemouth because with Bournemouth not playing, they've been given the opportunity to close the gap on them. And then when Bournemouth do finally play again, when they get over whatever silly injuries they're trying to duck out of playing with at the moment, they, they've got pressure on them. Because I would much rather be in the position that we're in, where we've got the points in the bag, than be in the position that they're in, where they're chasing it. And we all know what Scott Parker's like. He is, he's definitely going to take the mentality of protect second rather than chase first. That's the sort of manager that he is. So when he comes up against the teams that are in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, he'll he'll take a draw. He's not going to go out and try and beat them the way that we've been doing. We The teams that we've played in the playoff position, we've gone out and put them to the sword. Parker will turn up and try and sneak out a 1-0 or take a draw. And that will mean that they won't really, I don't think, ever get the momentum together to start putting us under real pressure. And we'll be able to maintain the gap that we've got or even extend it because I think Bournemouth are more likely to drop points in the closing stage of the season than we are because they're going to have more pressure on them than we will. The other thing with Bournemouth as well is that Nottingham Forest game that has been rescheduled has been rescheduled to be played four days before the end of the season. So it's all very well having a game in hand, but when it's that late in the season, when they're trying to chase us down, I mean... There's every battle chance for sixth that place, be... that one, isn't it? It could be, yeah. We'll we'll be well out of sight by then, hopefully. Um, we'll have just played them as well. Um, so our, our game with them was supposed to be their their last home game, I think, was it? And um, and now they've got this this forest game. So um, anyway, so like like I said, let's hope we're we're so far out of sight by then that it doesn't matter. So we got Cardiff this weekend and I was trying to remember when we last played them at their place earlier and of course it was the playoffs, wasn't it? What do you remember about that? Or those games 18 months ago? 
I, I remember obviously the Onoma goal. That was the that yeah. was the standout one from the from the away leg. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if we'll ever see Josh Onoma do anything that good ever again. <laughs> um, and then obviously there was there was a Cabano free kick, but that was pretty standard by that point of the season. He was pinging in free kicks for fun. Um, the second leg, which probably has you know less relevance on it because it was it was at our place, but I do remember that getting quite nervy and, and we made life difficult for ourselves. Cardiff are one of those teams, aren't they? That that you're going to be in a game. And we had it with them at the cottage earlier this season. It was, you know, it was absolutely battering it down with rain. It's probably going to be pretty, pretty bad weather this weekend as well, by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, and we needed Kearney to come on and and score that triumphant returning goal. But again, I, I just think we're so strong. I think we are on paper. We're better than everyone in this league. Cardiff aren't in great form. Um, they had a bit of a sucker punch midweek, didn't they? Losing late on, uh, so. It'll be a tough game, but Marco Silva's so good at just making sure this team stays level and, and just churns out results that I think we'll carry on doing that. I hope so. Well, as you said, they were very, very close to winning away at Huddersfield on Wednesday night, only for those two very late goals, which meant they came away with nothing. But since Mick McCarthy left the club at the end of October, Steve Morrison has come in and steadied the ship with six wins, four draws and eight defeats. But Cardiff currently sit in 19th place, 15 points clear of the bottom three. So, arguably, they've got nothing left to play for this season. How do you see it going on uh, on Saturday afternoon, Wigo? Well, I suppose you look at it on paper and, you know, with the overriding favourites, you know, that's just how it is. Top of the league going to 19th, as you say. They've got nothing to play for, really. You'd think they're safe. There's definitely three worse teams in the league than them, 100%. One of them being Reading. Um, so Cardiff, I think, are out of it, out of the woods. Um, so, you know, they might end up sitting back. They might think, well, let's try and start building for next season. Let's give it a go. Might be players playing for contracts or a move somewhere else. Everyone's always got a point to prove. Um, it's going to be a tough game, though. I, I think Cardiff are always a tough game. You know, they were 1-0 up at Cardiff for most, at Huddersfield for most of the game the other day. You look at the stats, they had 27% possession by the end. It's probably an onslaught from Huddersfield. Just showed that Cardiff couldn't quite hold it out. I think that's a weakness that we can exploit if, you know, we do go 1-0 down. Can they hold out a lead? By the looks of things, no. It will be a massive kick in the nuts going into Saturday. I mean, the morale is probably in the bin after uh, after losing like that. So it's a good time to play them. Absolutely. Sarge, any changes to the lineup? Uh, the only one I would probably do is I'd bring Wilson back in. I think yeah. I think you know we've played a lot of football since the new year because of because of the postponed games and the rearranged games. We played a lot, and he's played pretty much every game, hasn't he? I think he started every game before uh, before this midweek one. So yeah. it's it's understandable that the last two or three before this he was probably starting to be a bit leggy and he lost a bit of form. So. I think, like I said, Cabano took a bit of a break at the weekend, came back in, looked fresh on Wednesday. I think Wilson getting the rest on Wednesday will come back in and look fresh on Saturday. So I'd bring him back in for, for Bobby Deckard over Reed. Um, other than that, I would, I'd keep it the same. I don't, I don't think Marco Silva changes a winning team very often. Uh, he likes to keep, keep some semblance of, uh, you know, of, of consistency in there. You're not going to drop Mitrovic. Cabano had a great assist. Carvalho was excellent. Seri looked back to his best. 
Reed only played an hour, so he'll be fresh, and he's the sort of player I think you need on a what is probably going to be a cold, wet day in South Wales. Um, and the back four is, is is picking itself pretty much at the moment. Um, and there's yeah, there's no reason for Rodak to be displaced. So yeah, just Wilson in for Reed for me. Disagree with any of that, Wigo? Anything else you'd do? No, I'd, I'd say that was probably about right. The midfield two of Seri and Reed probably keep. I do feel like we potentially lack as many goals as when Kenny and Reed are in there. You know, they're two quite defensive-minded central midfielders. And as we all know, Harrison Reed isn't the best going, um, judging by the fact he should have had a hat-trick last night. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, but I suppose you keep it the same. Seri and Reed, you know, they do work well together, but... Well, Cardiff were unbeaten at home in four matches. The last side to get a result there was Blackburn back in mid-January. So what's your score prediction, Sarge? I think we're going to go there and, and do a do a job on them, to be honest. I think plenty of possession. As Wigo said, they, they only had 27% possession against Huddersfield. If they're giving up that much possession to them, God knows how much they're going to give up to us. So I think we'll come out of that comfortable 3-0. I don't think we'll be as, uh, as wasteful with our chances as we were midweek. So a 3-0 win, comfortable. Another goal or two for Mitrovic as well as he chases down that Guy Whittingham record of 42. Perfect. How about you, Wigo? 7-0. No, <laughs> probably. I'll go 2-0 I'll go as well. Uh, I think that's probably a fair scoreline. Yeah, 2. And just for fun, it's Blackburn versus QPR at 12.30 on Saturday. Of course, Ben Brereton-Diaz is now out probably for the season. He's done his ankle ligaments, hasn't he? So how do you see that one going? GPR win, I think. I think they're uh, they're the, the charging team. They're the ones that are going to put the pressure on Bournemouth, I reckon, at this rate. Mm. Oh, they only just got over the line against Blackpool on Wednesday night, though, didn't they? A late winner. Yeah, yeah tricky games. Do. Yeah. yeah, true, true. I, I, I think they've both been poor. Blackburn and QPR recently. I can see this one being a boring nil-nil or a one-all. I think they're both, yeah, they've both been crap. But it's like no one wants to finish second, really. Like, oh, no, you do it. No, go on, you do it. We'll, you know, we'll just trot off into the distance. So, you the know, playoffs is the much. best way to go up, though, to be fair. Yeah, I know. We know that many times. <laughs> We do, we do. Um, and then the other game, of course, on Saturday afternoon is Bournemouth versus Stoke, the other game of interest, rather. So do you see Bournemouth winning that? No. 10-0 to Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, think I, I can see... Where is it at? Is it at Bournemouth, yeah? Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, you know, it's pretty poor if uh, Borenwood can go to Bournemouth and win and Stoke can't, so... You know, no pressure, no pressure, Stoke, one nil, and uh, Demario right well Phillips though. to score it. Yeah, yeah, but Bournemouth should be pretty well rested. They haven't played for about four months, so they should be they should be well at it. How many I, players I, have I they got out injured for Saturday? Out. How many have they got out injured for Saturday? Twelve, ten, probably try and call it off. You know, this damage to the stadium that we've not seen. Yeah, I've not seen any photos of it. You're far too young to be so cynical, mate. <laughs> well, you know, you never know these days with football. Look at Reading and that all that debacle. All right, let's leave it there then, shall we? Thanks, Wigo, and thanks, Sarge, for joining me. Wigo, what's your Twitter handle where the guys can find your uh, your Just Giving page again? 
Yeah, so the Twitter handle is uh, underscore Matt Wiggins and the link to the Just Giving page is in my bio. So yeah, it'd be great if you could share it or at least give it a read. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Good stuff. Cheers, Sarge. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, we'll be back on Monday with all the fallout from the Cardiff game. Uh, so I'll speak to you then. Have a good week. Cheers. Fulham.